0: Hi, friends and awesome moms. What you're about to hear is a conversation I had with my mother, which reflects our last class. I brought up some of the questions that came up in our awesome moms session in order to further our understanding, gain more clarity, and perhaps fill in some gaps. My mother, Mrs. Horowitz, is a parenting expert. She's taught hundreds of mothers in Baltimore and has done a pretty good job herself. She's also graciously shared her curriculum with us. I hope that our little rehash will help us continue in our pursuit of awesome momness. And with that, Ima. Okay, here we go. We have an interesting question this week—a um, okay. topic on its own. But we'll start with the specific question that the, that um, my friend had um, with regard to. Um, I guess we can say in the topic of toilet training, um, but it's with a a boy who's already six. So her question was, what do we do about uh, uh, um, her son who's wetting his bed at age six at night? Um, So right away I asked, you know, if it's something that came up just now and he was doing fine until now. And she said, actually, he's been doing it all along. Um, okay. so I guess my question is, is this a developmental thing? Is this an emotional thing? What would you, what would you say to that? So the f- first thing I
1: would, um, I would say to her is I would strongly recommend she speaks now. It's an art so Also, I don't know if she has a pediatrician. Um, if she has a pediatrician, she has a relationship with a pediatrician that really knows this child. That would be my first question: Ask the pediatrician if there's anything physiologically that um, that might be hampering his ability to um, control himself at night. That's my first question. Second thing is: Does she, um, you know, how much stress was there put on this? How much? which is just the question doesn't necessarily mean it it means anything, but stressing might cause more anxiety, which might cause him to wet his bed more. The third thing I would ask her is, do you take him to the bathroom at night? Do you um, try, you know, put him, he goes to the bathroom before he goes to sleep. And then maybe a few hours in three or four hours, you just pick him up and take him to the toilet um, and help him, you know, to um, empty his bladder again. A lot of six-year-old boys, especially, are just not ready to be trained that night, um, and that doesn't mean that they won't be later on. They're they just are, are not necessarily ready for it. Um, I I think the less emphasis you put on it, the the faster they the faster they are uh, they move to the next stage. Um, There are a small percentage, I don't know the number, but a small percentage of children that um, will need some sort of medical intervention, not at six, but maybe at 10 or 12 um, to to help. There's certain nasal spray that some kids are given in order to help them to um, control themselves at night. Most adults don't have the problem. Most. There are some that do have incontinence at night, but it's very rare. And so most kids will um, be able to develop that ability. Um, What's very, very important is that the relationship between the parents and the children and the child doesn't get ruined because of this. A child who wets his bed every night is very frustrating for a parent. I can imagine that in our Israel, it's even more frustrating because laundry is is, you know, not as easy perhaps as it is in the States, although I guess many people do have dryers now, so hopefully it's easier. Whatever you can put in place so that it just becomes part of the routine If you're wet in the morning, so this is what you do. You take off all your sheets or you put everything together and then mommy takes care of it and she puts it back at night. It's not something that I'm upset with you about. It's not something that I hold you accountable for because most of these kids are they're not. It's this is not malice. This is not. They're not doing it because they're evil. They're not doing it because they want to upset you. They're just not developmentally at the stage where they can control themselves at night. So if you've spoken to your pediatrician and he says there's nothing wrong with him and he will develop this um, and the child doesn't want to wear a pull up at night, you can offer it to him. Some children would want to wear a pull up more comfortable for them. You can offer it to them. Do you want to wear a pull-up? If they don't want to wear a pull-up, a six-year-old already is going to have an idea whether or not they want to or not. You do it, of course, privately. It doesn't have to be anything that anyone else knows about. It's just between me and you. And and this is how we're going to keep it, just between the two of us. You come to my room in the morning and we take it off together, however you want to set it up so that it's as, as comfortable for the child as possible if he's wearing a pull-up. If he doesn't want to wear a pull-up, then you save the mattress by getting a good rubber sheet or a rubber pad. And you, um, you know, just every day you, you tell him, just leave your pajamas with your, um, however you want to set it up with him. He's six years old. He's not going to strip his bed and take it to the laundry. I don't think so. Just put his pajamas in the thing. When he comes home, it's clean and neat um, and made. And, and that's really where I would leave it. As long as the pediatrician says, Everything else is developing properly, and this will also come. Uh, Make it as as little of a
0: of an issue as possible. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. So, um, and 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 with regard to why a child would do this, so what you're saying is it could be that there's a a physical, a physiological, physiological problem, problem. Mm -hmm. right? Could be Um, not so common, but it definitely exists. But from your experience, what what else? What other Issue would cause that in a six-year-old.
1: A very a, a child who sleeps very deeply and literally doesn't feel it. Um, I'll just tell you a funny story. One of my siblings who today would be mortified, you know, he's a very proper adult who has a very beautiful home and and you know, would be mortified to 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 have such an issue. Of course he doesn't, he's an adult and Bar Hashem he grew out of it. But when he was a uh, um almost into his teen years, he, he's still at his bed. And, um, and what my do? parents, my, my, they went out and purchased a very expensive, um, contraption that was put under his sheet. That was put on uh, underneath his sheet. And when the drop, the first drop of urine would be felt by this contraption, the first drop of urine would be felt, um, there would be a huge, a very loud noise, like a whistle and a light would start flashing to wake the child up immediately to go to the bathroom. So you would think it would work, right? The only thing it did was wake up the entire house, except for this child. (laughs) Exactly. And he slept right through it. He was such a deep sleeper. He was a kid that played hard and slept hard and he just wasn't ready. And when he was ready, I think he was like 12, like 12 years old by the time he was completely dry at night. Okay, he wasn't ready and and it, you know the doctor said he was fine. there was no reason to treat it um, and just to be very loving and as Bubby is very loving, she just changed his sheets every single day and washed them and put them back on the bed and um never was a never was a um. A conversation never was a problem. This is what you need. This is what we do. So um, I, I definitely think it needs to be looked into for the few, you know, percentages, few cases that are. There is a physiological problem. If the doctor feels that there is a, uh, that nasal medication that could help them. Um, especially if the child himself is responding very negatively to it and doesn't feel good about himself, but usually a kid doesn't feel good about himself because it's a reflection of how other people are viewing him. Um, so it's important to know that it's it's not kids are nobody wants to sleep on wet in wet. Nobody wants that. They're not doing it purposefully. It's a difficulty that they have. They're not ready for it. It happens much much more in boys than in girls. Um, girls are usually trained earlier. But and at night as well.
0: Right. And if this is not the case in this story in, in this in this particular case, but if if a child would be sleeping um wonderfully dry and then one one day start wetting his bed, what would be a, what would be
1: Usually there's some sort of trauma or trigger, usually that that try to get to the bottom of is there something going on in his life that you don't know about? It, it can be. It can be, it doesn't have to be, but it can be
0: a, a red flag. Right. Okay. Okay. Interesting. So you think it's the kind of thing but, that... And means- just
1: in general, if I could say just something in general, <sighs> training is something that, um, bathroom training is something that parents get very, can get very uptight about. And it's really not a good thing to get uptight about it. It can really, um, scar a relationship and, um, not be, not be healthy, um, cause a lot of angst in children, anxiety, and, um, it, it, people get trained some a little bit earlier, some a little bit later when they're ready. The more stress we put on a child, the more pressure we put on a child, usually the more, the, the more it prolongs the, um, the, the, the development.
0: Right. Right. Um, so this this uh, this topic in general is not something that came up, but maybe it's a good opportunity just to talk for a little bit about about training, about about when to start, um, how to go about it, um, what things to keep in mind. Maybe we should do that now for a few minutes. What, what when do you think is the right? Okay.
1: So for a few minutes, my my feelings follow child lead. If you think about it very often, we say a child has to be trained because the playgroup won't take them unless they're trained. The camp won't take them unless they're trained. Um, I've heard parents even like, I'm having another child now. I need to train this one before I have two in diapers. All of those reasons are not reasons to train a child. They might not be ready. Um, and if the child's not ready, then they can't go to that play group. That shouldn't dictate my child's development I should follow my child so when child says if you'll excuse me I'll say like you you did when zamdov was born you said zamdov's the baby I'm not a baby I don't want diapers anymore and from that statement you were trained that was it no more diapers not day not night nothing you were ready and you verbalized it and you followed through had you not followed through of course I wouldn't have pushed it but that's what you wanted um it, it's it's follow follow a child, follow a child's um development and their and, and their how they communicate to you whether or not they want to. I don't want diapers anymore. I don't want to pull up. Follow that. And even if they have accidents, it's okay. That's still what they want, I would go with it. I would encourage them, like there's no big deal. Like you could have a underwear during the day and you can wear a pull-up at night. It doesn't make you any little, you know. Any less special, any less mature, they still push for it. I I would follow their lead, really.
0: So that's the general rule. The general general rule is follow the child's lead. He's he or she's gonna bring it up. And you're they wanna go to the bathroom. Their
1: older brothers their older brother's pishing in the toilet. He wants to pish with him. They wanna have a pish party, you know, (laughs) like okay. You want to do that? That's fine. Doesn't necessarily mean he has to right away go to underwear, but let take off his diaper. Let him let him go with his brother if that's what he wants to do. Um, f- follow follow the lead of the child. And um, it's much healthier that way. Right. It's it's a, it's not an easy it's not an easy to goof, uh, wet pants, you know, more diapers. It, it's, you know wet dry. It's not an easy to but it's, um, one that the more easygoing you are about it, usually the healthier the child gets through it.
0: Right. And also the, the later you wait, I mean, I found, I didn't, I didn't really, I I followed your, your, um, your advice on this. I knew, I I knew how you felt about this. And with my first two, I just waited till they said, and also the training was chick-chock. You know, they went right into because they're ready. Right, right. Went into. I mean, they're ready. Nights, I nights took an extra half year to a year before they they um, didn't want the pull ups that night. But um but my third, she's the my my two and a half year old. So she she wants it, but she can't. She's not ready yet. She guts on the toilet, but she can't get it out. But it's not. um But that's just, it just becomes like something we do for fun almost. And then one day it might actually work, but, um, not exactly, exactly. So the idea is not to push it. I mean, she's a very intense, yeah,
1: she's an intense kid. So it might be a little bit longer. Right.
0: Right. Okay. Okay. So that's good. So that's great. Um, guidance in terms of toilet training, um, I have another question that came up in our group this week. It's totally unrelated to toilet training, nothing to do, but something interesting to bring up. Um, one of our mothers has two boys. Um, I would not, not, not too close in age, about three years apart. Ages, I would mm-hmm. say six and three, six and three. Um, and she wants a little bit of guidance in terms of how to go about, um, how to navigate a scenario where both of them need her attention at once. And it's almost as if she has to choose one over the other. Um, I don't have a specific scenario at this point, but maybe let's go general. And if we need to talk more about it next week, we can talk more about it next week. Okay. Okay.
1: So very often, um, a parent wants an answer to this, um, where uh, this is how you do it. Here's the recipe. Kids both need you. Um, This is what you do so that everyone's calm and everyone's, you know, happy. And it it might not be that way. That's a reality. When two kids need you at the same time, um, sometimes you have to choose. Sometimes it's a situation where one child needs you and it's an emergency, you need to take care of that first. So even if the three-year-old has to wait, usually I would say, you know, the six-year-old should wait, has the more, is more developmentally able to wait a little bit longer. So I would, you know, keep the six-year-old waiting and take care of the three-year-old and and, and give the six-year-old something to distract them and then get to the six-year-old. But if the six-year-old needs you, it's more of an emergency, then the three-year-old's going to have to wait and three-year-olds don't like to wait. And there might be screaming and there might be crying and that's Okay. The three year old is learning, the six year old, each learning that there are other people in the world. And that's a very, very important idea, a very important concept that people have to learn. There are other people that have needs, and those needs have to be met sometimes by the same per- person who's meeting your needs. So, yes, I have to wait, and I have to, you know, I have to let someone else go first, and that's fine. And the important thing is to keep this in mind for the mother not to get flustered and not to get upset and just to understand that one of them might be crying, might one of them might be upset. One of them might feel like you don't love me because you're not taking care of me right away. And that's okay. And you could say things like, I love you very much. And I'll be there as soon as I can. Um, Right now I need to talk, take care of your brother. Right. Um, right now, Srley has his needs, and I need
0: to help him with his needs. Um, and assuming and, uh, and let's go with it's not an emergency. There's no emergencies. So then there's just two kids in, who need attention. Right. So you really have to use your gut. Um,
1: I, I would say, but that the three-year-old has less patience and, and a less of an ability to wait. So, and thus understanding and maturity to wait. So try to, to at least start taking care of his needs first and tell the older brother, you're so big, you, you're able to wait better, you know, build him up while well, I'm going to take care of your brother. And then I'm coming to you. And then when you come to the six-year-old, you, you praise Point. him, you give him that short, specific and sincere praise that you were so big, you waited, you waited patiently thank you. I appreciate it. And now I'm going to take care of you. So, so he he learns that it's worthwhile for him to, um, to be mature and to be big.
0: Okay. So it's, it's use your gut. um, And the message is important. It's not, it's not a second best message. It's not that um, really, I want to always be, you know, right next to you all the time, but this is not, it's that would be second best, but, but now Mm -hmm. it's, it's an important lesson that, you know, there's, um, there's other people around and we have to share, um, things as well as people. Resources. <laughs> I'm a resource. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and yeah. And, and sometimes I, I can't take care of you right away as much as I do love you. Um, right. and, and you're big and you're capable of waiting and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You should be proud of yourself. You waited. So you waited so patiently
0: be proud of that. Right. That's very special. Right. And it's usually going to be the older kid. It's more often going to be the older kid, but because because he can, he's has that maturity. Right. And to point that out, it's because you, you could. Right. Okay. Okay, great. Um,